I don't like to eat animals. Do you I still like bacon? Uh, yeah, because I don't know if it's an animal and it's good. It's come to this. Whoa, this looks weird. Is it a donut? Is it edible? I like grilled cheese better. Cushradish? You ain't really ready for this one right here. You ain't really ready for this one. You ain't really ready for this one right here. You ain't really ready for this one. You ain't really ready for this one right here. You ain't really ready for this one. You ain't really ready for this one right here. You ain't really ready for this one. I hope you can see yourself. It's your favorite flower. My name is Flower Price, the creator of I Was But Now I Am. I created the show because honestly I didn't want to lose my mojo. So I wanted to learn about others and delve deep. Subscribe to watch I Was But Now I Am. True untold stories revealed. Rolling. Hey y'all, it's your favorite flower. My name is Flower Price and welcome to your new favorite show. I was, but now I am. On today's show, I feel that I'm going to be greatly heightened and learn a new knowledge that I thought I knew, but clearly I had no clue. Our guest today has a Caribbean bratopsy, which I feel made him a greater performer. He got a degree in it. Just before Justin Trudeau came into power, our guest made a quick decision that placed him in a higher position. Please help me welcome Sean Suratin of The Heightened Chef. Hey Hi. everybody, I'm Sean. <laughs> Hi Sean. Hi. Hi. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us today and thank I'm you glad. for welcoming, welcoming us into your home. I'm super glad. Yes. Anytime and I'm excited for what we're going to be able to do me today. Me too, <laughs> me too. So um, let's tell the people how we met. Uh, we met through a mutual friend. Uh, at one of your events, and I was treated with the VIP treatment, but we'll mm -hmm. talk about that later. <laughs> first class treatment. Yes, first class. definitely, so definitely. <laughs> so, um, we met, uh, like I said, through a mutual friend, and then we became Instagram buddies mm -hmm. at Pals, and it's been maybe about a year now. Yeah. And uh, we've just been going back and forth on Instagram, and I've yeah. seen you maybe two or three times within the past year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And every time it's a lot of fun, it always is. a blast. So it is again, a lot like of fun. I said, I'm super glad to come and chat with you today. So that's Thank gonna you. be fun. Thank you. So let's tell the people now. Um, where you grew up, how you grew up. I mean, we said that you have Caribbean parents, so where are they from? And if you have any siblings, how many do you have? Uh, yes, I'm a I'm super West Indian background. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a kind of uh, dichotomy in terms of my West Indian background. My mom is from Trinidad and my dad is from Guyana. Okay. Uh, my mom is of Indian descent. My dad is of black descent. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a lot of mixing up going on. <laughs> Which is uh, perfect. Yeah, so, so that's kind of where I come from. I have a younger sister. Mm -hmm. uh, she is two years younger than me. Okay. So um, it was just her and I growing up. Nice. And uh, we came from 
Uh, well, my parents came here from their respective countries, so we're first-generation Canadians. Okay. They are. They were immigrants when they first came. Mm -hmm. um, so that actually created kind of a very unique uh, growing up environment as yeah, well. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you we were literally had feet in two different worlds. Mm -hmm. So that was always kind of a bit of a struggle, but also it was a, a, a an abundance of of culture all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we had to grow up learning all of the West Indian and Caribbean yes. backgrounds mm -hmm. and morals and values mm -hmm. and all of those traditions. And then we also kind of had to assimilate into this new Canadian way, way of living mm -hmm. and the way that things go on. So mm -hmm. it was very, very interesting all the time. I ultimately feel it benefited me, yeah, I especially think so. now with where I am in my life now. Mm -hmm. I think I have the benefit of having those West Indian and Caribbean values, nice. being able to apply them into a Western Canadian kind of world. Mm -hmm. So it, I think, allows me to be able to speak to a younger generation in a much better way than maybe our parents could have. Okay. Sometimes I wonder, like, yeah. how would our parents function with kids in today's oh, with internet and, so and social media, they would lose their minds. They really they would. wouldn't even know. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I, I can speak the language a lot better and it helps me in what I'm doing throughout my daily travel. So I so, definitely think so. Good. So what do you think was the greatest lesson that you learned having your Caribbean parents? The greatest lesson that yeah. I probably had with my Caribbean parents mm -hmm. was I really learned the value of things, mm -hmm. like giving, assigning things that their appropriate value. Okay. Because everything had to be worked for. Nothing was ever given to me. That's right. We didn't have those generations of family to be able to lean back on to say, oh, I can just kind of get something. I can right. just expect that this is mm -hmm. going to happen for me. Everything here, we kind of had to pull up from the dirt. So everything that you had, had to have value. Mm -hmm. So if you got a toy when you were young, you had to value that toy because you might not know when the next hey. toy is going to come or you might not know when your next computer is going to show mm -hmm. up. So if you mash up your things, that's it for you. Then that's it for you. <laughs> so it really helped me appreciate things. Good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that was probably the best thing. So as a teenager, I know that you were into sports. What type of sports were you into? Uh, for me, I was into sports a little bit in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of started doing basketball. Mm -hmm. Basketball was an interest for me. Soccer was an interest okay. for me as well. So I kind of did those a little bit in the beginning. Um, but once I started heading into high school, I started recognizing that I think I thought a different path was going to be a little bit more fun and probably better for me in the long run in right. terms of what I wanted to do. And that's when I started really getting into like uh, uh, drama yes. and theater yes. and the stage mm -hmm. and performing. And that's where I felt like I could really show my skills mm -hmm. and showcase my talents there. Okay. So you took that performing uh, a lot further. Mm -hmm. You actually got a degree in fine yeah, arts. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. What school did you end up going to? Ryerson Polytechnic University okay. downtown. Gang, gang, <laughs> Ryerson. <laughs> We out here. How long was that program? Uh, that was a four-year program. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And what did your Caribbean parents think about you wanting to become Lord an actor? God. Lord <laughs> God. And that was the biggest fight ever. Right. Uh, luckily, I had some really amazing teachers mm. who backed me up, mm. and I think because they were in the positions of authority that they were that they hadn't that that commanded a certain amount of respect for my parents oh i see so they were like okay yeah well if these people who have been here doing this for a lot of years are saying this kid has something yeah then 
they kind of gave me a chance. Into consideration. Yeah. 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 Okay. So while you were at uh, school at Ryerson for the four years, mm. um, were you working? Uh, kinda. Yeah. I was doing little side jobs mm. and stuff like that, doing telemarketing mm. here and there and things like yeah. that. So. That's kind of what I was doing to make ends meet for right, most right. of the time. And as an actor doing those type of jobs, because I know you had multiple different jobs. Yeah. What mm -hmm. did you kind of learn about yourself in those times while going to school and working to become an actor? Yeah, it was extremely tough. Yeah. And that's kind of where I had to make that decision where is this what I can really do mm -hmm. nine to five? Well, not nine to five, yeah. just as a, my primary source of income right and I had to come to the realization that me trying to become a film or stage actor uh, was going to be extremely tough yeah very it's difficult. a very small window for the amount of people who are able to do that as their thing that they do all the time and make it and make it mm -hmm. so and you really also have to have a lot of connections that again being a first-generation Canadian person here right. didn't really have mm -hmm. you know what I mean so that's kind of where I made the decision you know maybe I should try and get some of these transferable skills take some of these transferable skills and put them into the workplace I hear you and that's kind of where I started going in entering into the corporate business world of okay. Canada okay and then make that transition but always always in the back of the mind this is something I knew I wanted to do mm -hmm. I just had to find an avenue I just mm -hmm. had to find a venue a vent mm -hmm. to let off the steam yeah. somehow yeah so I mean sometimes you do like coffee house events mm -hmm. they'd have poetry speaking okay. or sometimes freestyle events mm -hmm. or stuff like that so there were other ways for it to come out but never in the way that it is now yeah mm -hmm. so you never thought about like maybe going behind the scenes doing directing or writing or anything like that I always have that kind of stuff in my head but I don't think I've ever really had the urge to really put it to to use like that okay. I kind of just use those thoughts to help guide me in terms of when I'm out there creating, doing whatever it is I'm doing. Um, I have that director's mentality in mm. the back of my head, like, how does this look? Mm. How should, what, what story am I trying to tell with this? What's, what's the goal here? Mm. So in, in those kind of ways, I try and apply it, but I don't think I've ever really wanted to necessarily direct mm -hmm. solely right. or produce solely mm -hmm. or film solely. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. It's there. I still think about all those things. Let's move forward into the time of uh, Justin Trudeau mm -hmm. coming into power in uh, 2013. He became um, the Prime Minister. And I wonder if our, our viewers already know what we're about to talk about. <laughs> he, he became you can our, smell our right in the air, <laughs> in the air. Right? natural mystic. I'm telling you. So yeah, so he became our prime minister mm. in 2013. Then uh, fast forward to October of uh, 2018, mm. he made Canada the second country in the world yeah. to actually legalize After, I think, uh, Uruguay. Uruguay yes, Uruguay, exactly. Mm -hmm. So he actually legalized the consumption and use of cannabis. Yes. 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 <laughs> Big up to that, everybody. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's when that happened. Mm -hmm. And that kind of was the inception of the heightened chef. Yes. That's kind of where the real seed got planted. Okay. Once I realized that that was going to be happening, I really said, you know what, there's going to be 
This is something that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. The creation of an industry. Like, you know what I mean? We kind of witnessed it with computers yes. and the internet, uh, but that was still even created mm -hmm. before we were even doing anything. It just never came, it, was, it never became as widespread as mainstream as mm -hmm. it did during our generation. True. So but, listen, mm -hmm. in um, Ontario, do you know that they spent about around $10 million to open up a bunch of stores similar to like the liquor store to sell cannabis and none of them opened up? Yes. They just wasted a whole bunch of money. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The it, way that they rolled out the legalization here, it was... It, it's like they ridiculous. didn't think about it. No, no. I, well, I think they did think about it, but they didn't think about it in the way that they should have. Mm. They thought about it in a way where they wanted to make sure that they could profit as mm. much as they could from this. Mm -hmm. And they needed to think about it. What was the most sensible, logical, acceptable way to do it and the way that they did it was just that they wanted to make sure that they were still in control of yes. everything and that all those dollars that were going to be coming from this market mm -hmm. were going to be going funneling through them and they gotcha. would disseminate it to who they felt mm -hmm. they should and i didn't really like that and i don't think anybody else did. Either. no one did actually um when it first came out i mean i heard people saying that they were that they weren't even going to be purchasing from the government they were mm -hmm. still going to do it the illegal way right and i mean for some people it just made sense right and i mean again i think this is where the legalization kind of rollout failed was that there was such a strong existing infrastructure there already mm -hmm. like you said a lot of us have been doing this for a long time using the methods that we're used to okay. we know who to go to when we want cannabis we know how to contact them we know what prices are we know all of this and we know what it tastes like and we know what it's <laughs> supposed to taste like mm -hmm. and what it's supposed to look like and mm -hmm. smell like and all those things mm -hmm. and the way the government kind of did it was they wanted to make it their framework yeah. instead of using the existing one and trying to adapt it and build it into a legal thing that everybody could use. Right. Now, before we get into the heightened chef, mm -hmm. let's, um, I need you to educate me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into the, um, the THC and the CBD. Mm -hmm. Now I wrote it down here because I, I I don't know how it's actually pronounced. So let me just quickly get my note here. <laughs> All right. So the THC yes. stands for tetrahydrocannabinoid. Yep. And I got that, that right, good. right? That was okay, good. Okay, that was right. good. And the CBD uh, stands for uh, cannabinoid. Cannabidiol. 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 Okay, yep. cannabidiol. So, mm -hmm. can you tell me and us the difference between the two? Yeah, for sure. So, THC is the psychoactive uh, ingredient in cannabis. Okay. So, that's the one that gets you high. Okay. Right. Uh, CBD is not a psychoactive ingredient, but it has also has healing and uh, calming effects as well. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily make you feel like, again, feel high. There's no psychotropic effects, okay. but there are still a lot of physical effects that are definitely beneficial. So one gets you high and one doesn't, but they both come from the same plant. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that word that you just used, I love words. What was that word? Psych psychotropic. Psychotropic. <laughs> what does psychotropic mean, actually? Yeah, that's what gets you high. Okay. So when you feel that kind of wavy, I'm talking in my head a lot, or this yes. tastes so good, mm. or that smells so good, 
person, mm -hmm. that kind of euphoric mm -hmm. that's, feeling. That's the psychotropic okay. properties of the cannabis plant. Okay. And with the CBD, I know that um, it helps a lot with people with anxiety. For sure. It yes. has helped uh, children with epilepsy. Yes. Like right away. They yeah, just, it's like, incredible. It's, it's incredible. Amazing. Athletes use it to help mm -hmm. recover. Mm -hmm. So there are um, a myriad of different type of uses for, right. for CBD. Now CBD, uh, it could be ingested. Mm -hmm. um, it could also be rubbed. Yeah, it can be used topically. Okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it, I've also heard that um, you can smoke that as well. It can okay. be it can be inhaled as well. Okay. CBD can be inhaled, for right? Sure. And I also heard that with um, there was a dog that had like cancer or something, and they put a couple of drops in, and it's not a miracle, but mm. it disappeared. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. So does, Pets are able to use CBD as well, mm. for sure. We, we've had we've had different uh, companies and vendors at our heightened chef events mm -hmm. who produce CBD pet treats. Right. Um, because it may, this is something that I learned recently mm -hmm. that pets can also have mental illness. So that like you can have a dog that has like depression or you can have a dog that has anxiety oh. and the CBD treats help fight those things because wow. the CBD has a very, again, calming, mm -hmm. relaxing effect on the body. So how would we know that a dog is depressed and then how would we know that they're not depressed anymore? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, from what I've understood, I mean, I'm definitely not a dog psychiatrist, right? but I mean, uh, from what I understand, you can see the difference. Like the, the friend who was telling me was that their dog had an anxiety issue. So it was always hyperactive, always very on the, at the edge of its seat all the time. Okay. After a CBD treat, all the dog wanted to do is chill. Okay. Just hang out, lie down, okay. not bouncing off of the walls, right. all that. But still so, dog-like though. Friendly. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for okay. sure. So yeah, there's again, so many different things can be done with CBD. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing plant and I'm happy to be trying to push it into the mainstream. Mm -hmm, I hear that. Now there's some people out there that possibly have, you know, ailments, some, you know, things that are bothering them in terms of um, pain and things like that. and they might be older, they might be younger, and they're wondering, if I ingest the CBD, mm -hmm. are you sure I won't get high? How does that process work? Do you know? Uh, to a little extent, I, I kind of do. Mm -hmm. The way that your your body has what's called a, uh, a cannabinoid, endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like a bunch of different nerves that recept to different stimuli and in this case cannabinoids okay. right so everybody's body has a different one and it reacts differently which is why everybody kind of has a different sensation when using cannabis right. so the way the cbd interacts with that cannabinoid system mm -hmm. is it doesn't activate the receptors again that would make you feel any type of euphoric yeah. mind altering state mm -hmm. The cannabinoids, the, the cannabinoids from CBD, again, affect you in a way that it only, uh, again, helps you relax muscles, helps with appetite, helps with sleep, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it interacts in that way. Whereas, again, with the THC, it interacts with different parts of your endocannabinoid system, okay. and those can give you those kind of out-of-body 
feelings, like I'm somewhere else yeah. kind of kind of feelings. Mm -hmm. The feelings that we kind of like sometimes. Sometimes you need those. <laughs> sometimes you kind of need those right, feelings. Right, right. For, sure. for sure. Now there was another um, thing that I researched. It was called uh, the CBG and the C. BN and supposedly the CBN makes you sleep. Do you know anything a about that? A little bit. This is starting to go a little bit beyond where mm -hmm. I'm even at. And again, this is always a learning process for right. sure. Uh, I know I've I know about CBN and CBN. Yes, that is one of the things as well. That's a, a sleep aid for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. For sure. And I know those are things that they use for sometimes with patients who are on other types of medication where that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So they need to be able to help. To sleep and sleep naturally without using any further medication. Okay, so do you think that um, the CBD and the whole industry of CBD, do you think that it will become more mainstream because it's not something that makes people high? Right, I, it, I, it's actually been there to mm -hmm. be honest Flower. There has been CBD on the market for a long time, mm -hmm. again because it doesn't have any uh, any psychoactive effects and any properties like that. Mm -hmm. So it's been able to be mainstream. You could buy CBD at the gas station currently okay. if, if you happen to be lucky enough for that has, has one that has that. Okay. But I mean, it is something that you can be have out there right now. Okay. The big thing that's happening right now is that now you're getting access to the THC as well. And that's where the big switch and that's kind of why this whole thing has been going on mm -hmm. because you're allowed to do that now. Yeah. Now in terms of the, the grades of, of ganja, mm -hmm. some are saying that all the different names that they have, um, they really are not those names per se because everything has been mixed up with yes. the Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning so and, much. And I know, and I know, me too. I'm mm -hmm. learning all the time. Yeah. And I get to interact with all these really cool people who are super knowledgeable as well. Mm -hmm. um, getting to interact with growers and things is right. probably one of my favorite things to do okay. because I'm now a kind of very novice grower. Okay. So now I'm starting to learn about the things that I need to know about growing plants and knowing about the genetics of plants yes. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the names come from. It's okay. from the genetics of the plant. Mm -hmm. A lot of people see these different names like Cotton Candy Kush and yes. Gorilla Pink Glue yeah. and all these different kinds of things. And you think, is this supposed to be telling me the flavor? Is yeah. this supposed to be telling me the smell? It's, it's not necessarily, not okay. really. I mean, it always comes down to the grower. Okay. The grower decides what the name is, in essentially. You see? You know what I mean? So, um, I, again, certain strains do have certain names, mm -hmm. but those names were, again, ultimately created by a grower. Mm -hmm. So, some things do have a little bit of a, of a relation to what the ganja might smell or taste like mm -hmm. or do to you. Okay. Um, but just as much as it does, it equally doesn't. Mm -hmm. So when you hear the name of something, you don't have to make that the deciding factor of whether or not you do it or you use it or not. Well, what's the deciding factor, you think? The deciding factor for me, a, a lot of times, comes down to three things. Which are? Smell. Okay. Look. Okay. Taste. Wow. That's it. Hey, but how do you know the taste if you're 
purchasing it and just smelling it and you, you wouldn't know. You can't. Right. You can't. So that's kind of the, the, the factor after the fact. <laughs> so once I've tried this flavor, yeah. okay. how did it score as that third score? And that will decide maybe if I'm going to go back and try that one again. Makes sense. Yeah, but up front, yeah, you can only really look at it and smell it. That's pretty much the most you can do. And for the look of it, is it better uh, like a darker green, a lighter green, or what's usually the best one you go for? I mean, for me, I've seen so many that it really is hard to just decide off of just color alone. Color alone can't... For me, color is more of a discriminator. Okay. To, to, make, okay. to be funny. Color is always but, a discriminator. Uh, no, no, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> but uh, it's more of a way to tell me whether something is not good or not. Okay. Like if I see something and it looks too dry or if it looks too brown, like it looks moldy or anything like that, that will make me say, oh, this isn't good. Okay. But there's not really a color that will make me say, oh, this is good. Maybe other than purple. Okay. Anything that looks purple, yeah. you know that's going to be proper it, most of the time. That's like a higher grade. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That smokes good. Yes. I don't think purple. I've had any purple weed before. No? I don't think so, no. Oh, yes. Oh, You'll yes. see it right in the leaves and in the buds. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a hue. Yes. Okay. Yes. Maybe I have then. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. have. It has been a while, but mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And what about um, like uh, edibles and weed cookies and things like that. Are you familiar with those things? Oh yes, for sure, yeah. for sure. This yeah. is where the forte is. Mm. This is where the, the, the main thing comes in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's kind of where the future is going to go mm -hmm. with cannabis. Okay. I feel that's where the industry is just going to naturally progress to. Um, because, I mean, there's no way to cut it. Smoke is offensive to it everybody. Is. You know what I mean? No matter what. I smoke. I've been smoking for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I enjoy smoke. Mm -hmm. And I know that smoke is offensive. If you were smoking yeah. and I'm not smoking, and I, I smoke every day. Yeah. And if you were smoking, your smoke is offensive to me. Okay. It's already kind of choking me. Unless <laughs> I'm smoking too. Yes. If I'm smoking, then I don't care smoke. Mm -hmm. But if, as soon as I'm not smoking and you're still smoking, it's offensive. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> you know that's and, it's and not that's offensive coming from a smoker. Me. It's not offensive to me. Cigarette yeah. smoke is offensive to me. Yeah, that as well, for yeah. sure. Even as that, with that as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Again, maybe not so much with ganja smoke. Ganja mm -hmm. smoke, I'm okay. I like ganja smoke, again, because I like it. But I know even as a person who maybe didn't smoke, <laughs> they wouldn't want to smell smoke. I hear you. So, That's true. So the edibles are the way. The edibles are the way. Because I can consume and it doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form. Right. So with the consumption of edibles now, can you really get high? Like really high like how you would by smoking? Yes, and more. Really? really? And more? Flower. You can mash yourself <laughs> wow. up on edibles. My cameraman is like, yes! <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, you can mash yourself up on edibles. Okay. I hang with mans who smoke daily. Mm -hmm. Heavy weights. Mm -hmm. Like, I smoke blunts right. to myself, back to back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then. And then, they get an edible, and they are lean. Oh no, They are real. done done I believe it hits you so. in a different way mm -hmm. again it's important to understand how how the how the, the the plant interacts with you when you smoke you're kind of inhaling it it's going in through your lungs it's going straight into your bloodstream it has a very quick effect 
Sometimes if the weed's really good, you're high before the spliff is finished. <laughs> That's how it should be. Yes, that is right? how it should be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it interacts with you very quickly. And because it does that, it also exits your system very quickly. Because for the longest out of smoking so the longest you're gonna be high is maybe an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. About that. Yeah, you don't really right. want it to be too much more than that anyway. Mm -hmm. But when you ingest it, it takes a much longer process to get in. And because of that effect, it takes it has a much longer process of coming out. Okay. <clears throat> so when you eat it, you have to eat it, it has to go into your stomach, then from your stomach it has to go into your small intestine, then from your small intestine it has to go into your bloodstream. Yes. That process can take like 90 minutes for some yeah. people, depending mm -hmm. on your metabolism. Sure. So I mean, it can take a long time. So you really have to, people really have to be careful with how they consume that. Because it can be like, I'm gonna eat this piece of chocolate that has 100 milligrams and I didn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. It is very easy for me to eat another piece of chocolate that is bite size and do it again. Yeah. And I still won't feel anything for 90 minutes maybe. Yeah. But then, after that 90 minute mark, when I could have eaten 19 pieces of chocolate. Because you didn't feel it at the time. You could be laid out. Mm. So it is very, no, I mean, nothing could happen. You'll never, ever, I, I will swear this down, and this is scientific fact, yeah. you will never OD on <laughs> THC or CBD. Okay. There is no chance. Okay. The very worst thing that could happen to you is you will fall asleep. That's it. That is yeah. it. I mean, you can green. You can do what people call greening out. Okay. Greening out is when your body is an overload of TH, like just too much. Okay. It's not a nice feeling. No, I could imagine. It's not fun. It feels kind of like your skin is crawling a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I mean, other than that, nothing can happen. And the bonus is that THC is actually a natural counteraction, oh, sorry, CBD yeah. is a natural counteracting agent to THC. Okay. So if you have too much THC in your mm -hmm. system and you're getting too high, mm -hmm. all you need is a little bit of CBD. Okay. And that brings you right down. Okay, and the CBD that you would need would be what, a drop? Yeah, again, depending on how much THC you took. Okay, so you're speaking about the grams. Mm-hmm. You said 100 grams could be in like a little piece of chocolate. Yeah, normally actually what TA, the measurement, the general unit of measurement for THC is uh, milligrams. Milligrams, okay. Milligrams. So anything that you see out in the market, any chocolates, drinks, anything like that that you see, it's generally going to be measured in milligrams. It will have this many milligrams of THC. Okay. And this many milligrams of CBD. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's the unit of measurement that pretty much everybody's going by. They actually just released uh, what they want to be the rules for legal edibles now, and they're saying that 10 milligrams is the maximum limit. But that seems very low. That it would over all that time. That's still not very much, mm -hmm. and that's a hundred times more, or ten times more than it what is. they're what it they're is. saying is allowed. It is, but. Um, I feel like I have a high tolerance. So mm -hmm. when you say it's 125 milligrams, mm -hmm. it, it, it seems like a little bit to me because my tolerance level is so it's, high. It's high, yeah. right, yeah. right. And again, I think it's important because this is gonna be, this is a very definitive time, Flower. Mm -hmm. This is a time where everybody's gonna start to figure out where they are on this spectrum yeah. of, of THC 
potency. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People have to figure themselves out. Sure. And at the Heightened Chef, we really want to make ourselves kind of like the Rosetta Stone for people. This is where you come to figure out your place on the scale. Mm -hmm. Am I a low tolerance? Am I, am I a mid tolerance? Am I a high tolerance? Mm -hmm. Because we can adjust. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The way that we've designed our parties and our meals is that we can have the brand new, I've never tried this before in my entire life, yeah. to the I do this. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. Yes. You know what I mean? Okay. We can accommodate everybody. Okay, so good. we want people to be able to come and figure out where they are. And that's going to be an important, important thing in this oncoming industry. Because you need to know, I need to be able to look at a package and say, this is too much for me yes. or this is not enough for me. Very important. And there's no one being able to do that. And that's kind of why I think they took that very low edible dosage rating because they wanted to start everybody at the very bottom. Okay. No matter what. They had to make the market geared for the person who has never tried this before. And in that case, yes, 10 milligrams per serving is probably good. Yeah, but for a person like you, you would have to buy 10, 10 milligrams. That's right, mm -hmm. to even start. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be a, a huge waste of money for me, mm -hmm. a huge impact on the environment, because now there's all that packaging that needs to be created. Okay. So I mean, it's not good. Mm -hmm. It's not good, and it's not the way that anybody's gonna wanna really deal with things. And I mean, eventually they know that they're gonna have to raise limits and they're gonna have to do all of those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So that is, again, the legal limit for the edibles on their packaging. Right. The government. Right, so anybody who wants to be able to sell anything with the government through any type of dispensary, store, cannabis, anything, that's gonna be the legal limit, which is 10 milligrams mm -hmm. per serving, which again is very, very low. Yeah. Very low. Because I was saying to you that I, I have a very high tolerance. Right. So 10 is not gonna work for me. Not at all, mm -hmm. not at all. So, I mean, inevitably, like I said, they're gonna have to come to a point where they are, are gonna allow it to be raised and they're gonna start to figure out that, you know what, we can't, create a framework for this without having some kind of understanding about it. And without having any type of use, a person really can't make an informed decision about this. Sure. You have to have tried it, you have to have felt high, mm -hmm. you have to have felt sick, mm -hmm. and then gotten CBD and felt 10 times better. Right. You can't make decisions about this without having that information. Mm -hmm. And until people who are in power have those experiences, it's never gonna really make sense. It's true. And it's always gonna be guided and geared towards where's the dollar going. It's true. Yeah. That's the first number one priority. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And for us at the Heightened Chef, I mean, that's definitely not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is we're trying to create culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel my personal kind of business strategy behind it is if you win people's hearts and minds, you'll win their dollar. I believe so too, you know. You, if, I, if you like what I'm doing and you wanted, you're inspired or you, want, you, you like what it is we're doing, whatever we tell you to do, you're gonna do it. It's true, and we like you. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I went out without a fight, having children socialize in a minute is a white top balance is fine, just casual but still outshine. Suck sometimes I'm way too shy, but damn she's so fine. What would be the point of coming out if I can't say hi? Can't just stare too long, time just flies, and before you know it, it'll be the end of the night.